0: This is The Workflow Show, media production technology stories, discussions about development, deployment and maintenance of secure media solutions, and of course, workflow therapy when you find your creativity is blocked by your technology challenges. I'm Jason Whetstone, Senior Workflow Engineer and Developer for Chesapeake Systems.
1: And I'm Ben Kilberg, Senior Solutions Architect at Chesapeake Systems.
0: Today on the show, we'll be discussing a new partner certification program that's recently come online with Adobe the Adobe Certified Service Partner, or ACESP program. Chessa was one of the first organizations in the U.S. to receive ACESP certification. We've welcomed Dave Helmley back to the show, as well as Michael Gambuk, head of the ACESP program at Adobe. We'll talk to Dave and Michael about what the certification means in our industry and criteria the certification program entails. A quick reminder, though, if you've got a fever, the only prescription is your subscription to The Workflow Show. If you have suggestions for guests or episode topics, tweet at Workflow Show and do the same on LinkedIn. WorkflowShow at Chesa.com is our email address. And now on to our discussion with Dave and Michael. All right. I would like to welcome Michael Gambick and David Helmley to our discussion today. David, why don't you intro us a little bit and talk what, what your team does uh, for Adobe?
2: That's great, Jason, thanks. So uh, Michael and I are part of a worldwide strategy development uh, team, a strat dev team, and really that it's a biz dev team. Um, you know, M- Michael and I have, uh, you know, many, many years, decades uh, at Adobe uh, working specifically in the, in the video space. And certainly I've worked with Chessa for, I don't know, probably close to 30 years now, I think. Yeah. We have come to a point, I think we can all agree, even especially with COVID, where things are starting to get a bit more specialized. There's just a lot of information out there and, you know, we've got things that we need to sort of... Get in front of customers um, and, and talk to partners. And our team sort of wrangles a lot of that information. We have to be on top of the technology. So a lot of people already have Creative Cloud. We just need to ensure that they, that they keep using it. They they, they want to keep using it. And uh, in particular, you know, for us, it's it's all about the, the, the video products. And I think we've all seen with COVID what's happened over the over the past year. I mean, there's a lot of money being redirected budget wise for some. The, the enterprises for for how to make this technology work for them, right? And so you okay. guys have had to learn new tech. We've had to learn new tech. And, and you know, Michael has taken on this opportunity uh, for our team to manage a, a select group of companies um, that we're calling service providers. And there's going to be a very small amount of these worldwide. Our team, by the way, is only about 15 people uh, worldwide. You know, okay. you know, Michael pretty much manages uh, all of the, uh, the the Germany area and some surrounding countries. Uh, I, you guys have known me for North and South America uh, for years. All of this gets down to where's the technology and right now, who can we work with to help deliver that to the customer? So let me just turn it over to Michael for a second, because I'm sure he's got a, got a few words for what this uh, new program that we're kicking off means to him.
3: Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks, Dave. We at Adobe, we, we try to deliver the best uh, user experience for creatives, and that really means that we are focused on on this part. And to doing this best, we started from the beginning on this journey that we partnered with uh, technology partners, and that really worked very well. But something that was always missing is what I call the glue. Um, which means you need a a full holistic solution as a client. You need not only a storage and you need not only a mem, you need a solution, a system. And we are at Adobe always try to engage with the clients in the best possible way. We are trying to capture all the needs. And there was always this need of what I call advanced services, something that they want to have someone who's responsible for maybe the whole installation someone who is helping when it's outside of Premiere Pro, someone who is helping when um, the storages are not doing what it's expected to do. And this is when this idea of a service provider was starting. Plus, um, the whole industry is shifting in a way which needs different ideas and a little bit thinking outside of the box. A typical I would call it resetter. The question is, is this a long-term business in the way on how people are purchasing today? Is this something that is changing over time? So the idea really was to give a client a better experience and give the client the service which is needed and helping our business partners which is the technology partner, but also this new partner type, which we call service partner or service provider, an opportunity to work with Adobe and deliver what I call them value-added services to these clients. And so that's how the program was started. The idea is that these partners, uh, service partners, they are delivering uh, support, which often is outsourced. They do deliver uh, consultants based on workflows, their experience, um, maybe training, um, a, a lot of knowledge what, what they do. Uh, we see tons of uh, projects coming up right now uh, in, in, in Europe where um, there is a need for consulting. How can I move my operation totally in the cloud? How can I virtualize everything? How can I run my operation Azure? Or how can I run it on AWS? And that is something that um, service partners are doing. And last but not least, and I think it's important that we have the three, really the three areas is integration. There is nothing stronger than a custom-built workflow for a client, which is building a resistant process for arrows. If it's just one button, which is making the the right export setting to the right destination, which trigger the right system for a playout or to upload to to social. That is something which is possible with Adobe, but you need to have some exp- uh, expertise around this. And that's why these three areas are important to deliver when you're a service provider.
2: And I, I think it's, it's important, uh, Michael, to add, um, especially for the listening audience, that a lot of what Michael talked about, and there was a lot, lot packed in there, this is part of the criteria. Um, you, know, you guys were were selected out of a, a lot of people. And, and thank you, by the way, for accepting, because there was some criteria and work. Uh, some exams and testing and certifications to be done on your side. Um, and again, and we've only got th- you know three people in North America, or th- I should say, three companies in North America that have qualified for this uh, to this selective group.
3: Great. H- how we are selecting partners? When we started the idea, we worked with uh, a few people, and we we really limited this to uh, Germany and the UK. And then we discussed with them how can these. This program be successful for the client and for the partners. And that really led to a decision on what are the requirements to join the program. And the requirement is pretty high, so there's a lot of proven ability. You need to prove that you're able to deliver the support, which means you need to have a support ticket system. You need to have the numbers of uh, support engineers. You need to have a virtualized environment for uh, software testing. You need to have a sandbox system, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's kind of a compelling thing to go there, uh, but it is worth because you add a lot of value to the client then, and I think that is very important. Uh, we're glad that, that you're here and we are super glad and excited that we can talk about this.
1: Yeah, we're we're glad to be here.
2: One of the examples at its simplest form for what for Michael's saying is, what system do I need, right? You guys get that every day yeah. and it's not a matter of you guys just saying, oh, well, you know, you can do this on a four core or an eight core or whatever, it's. You have to fundamentally understand how Premiere and After Effects work. You guys are now in the driver's seat, connected to Adobe Engineering, which was really the the point and part of this yeah. uh, uh, club. And this was something Michael was really pushing on as well: is we need to bring these these companies in to like our team almost an extended one, and say, well, look, this is why Premiere works this way. And if you put three GPUs in it, why doesn't it scale linearly? Well, it's like it won't because of x this is this is the rendering order and how things happen so that really puts you in chesapeake in in a much better driver's seat for the customer at a point of knowledge to say i mean you're not exactly adobe engineering you're about for for them you're as close as they're going to get because you're directly connected so i think it's important to let them know what the program represents and what we're offering um, certainly, to the to to the, to the people that we bring on board, and I think it really really is unique because uh, a lot of companies don't really get you involved at that level to sort of say, well, this is why you need eight core, and this is why you need this or that, um, because the program fundamentally uh, looks at at data and codecs this way.
0: Sure, I mean, I would I would submit that uh, this kind of a partnership relationship certification process is. Uh, a little bit more akin to the relationship that we're used to having with some of our partners that developing MAMs. We have sort of a seat at the table, I would say, in in the feature development and the bug fixes and things like that uh, with the engineers and with the product team at, at those organizations. So this is great. I mean, this this really puts partners in a situation where they can be at that table.
1: I was one of the the folks at Chesapeake who went through the training and uh Michael you're right it was a lot of work but well worth it there's tons of useful information there and i'm certainly no slouch in terms of understanding workflow and having been doing this for a decade or so of my life but uh the level of depth that you guys put into the training materials was awesome and i'm just looking forward to digging in even more and um being able to bug you on a regular basis which is going to be fun
2: fantastic And technology is changing all the time, right? Like we saw these great announcements by Apple. Mm -hmm. I think we're all kind of excited. I don't know what color iMac I'm going to get, but that's kind of hilarious. all about the purple, Dave. It's It's all about the purple. Purple, (laughs) but the question is, do you want a yellow keyboard to go with Mm -hmm. your purple? (laughs) It reminds me of the Lifesaver packs that you you guys had to order (laughs) back when. And for those people that don't know that. The resellers were required to order one of every color, and that was basically a skew for them. So it's basically five or six at a time, and nobody wanted the tangerine (laughs) orange iMac. (laughs) But but, but anyway, just with the M1 and how exciting that is, and even maybe what we see with Windows ARM and just other technologies, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to be optimizing and we're doing a lot of stuff right now you know premiere pro will be will be ready soon just kind of tidying up um dynamic length the part of after effects what does that mean because customers want to know do it do i mm-hmm. wait to buy this uh now should i look at at a different platform i've got budget mm-hmm. right now how does that tie into my my adobe workflow and by the way we haven't even gotten into where we are with mams and some of the other things that uh, that we can talk about but just at its root level just from the client there, there's a lot that you guys are going to be required to know to give that that right answer. Right. This is some
0: pretty high tech information, and it I think it takes a special uh, team to sort of be able to 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 pull that apart and figure out what all of that means, and then also be able to distill it and communicate it to uh, people that are making those buying decisions and and you
3: know workflow decisions. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting side note on uh, the content we created. We forced our engineers to be teachers, and that was an interesting uh, experience. And we we are glad that we have so passionate engineers because they're really passionate about the partners and everything, and they invested the time. I'm a big fan of, you know, react to what is needed. Um, New English, like being agile all the time. So yes, we adopted a program. Now we have a professional trainer. Who's interviewing the engineers and then doing the training part? So Ben, mm-hmm. when you did the training, uh, you actually heard the voices and the recording from some of our uh, star engineers when they're talking about what they did and how they did and how it's working and, and and so on. So I mean, to to add what what Dave really said is um, in, in Germany, there is something like a shoemaker should stay be a shoemaker. I'm not sure if that makes sense. You have a craft, you have an art, you you are best in make this the best one and enable others to doing what they can do best. And I think that is the, I wouldn't call it the beauty of the system, but it's one reason of of this is really that we are focusing on what we do best, building the best user experience for creatives. And you guys are, what are you best, which is building workflows and consulting and delivering services. Um, And that is the winning game for any client because together that is a real solution that has value to what the client needs
2: and i would add that sometimes the client doesn't know what's best for them necessarily and uh, you know the, while at the end of the day the customer is always right right but at the same time sometimes they like to be advised right so one of the ideas of this program that Michael put together was to to bring you guys into what we would call our advisory council, right? When we have lots of customer advisory councils. So we have them for all the major media houses where we hold these things. And people have often asked me, certainly over the past 20-some odd years, you know, how did Premier just kind of just kind of go along and then kind of skyrocket up? It really started to take off when customers started to design. Design Premiere, right, and even some of the things we've got going on with mm-hmm. After Effects now, with multi-rendering and multi-frame rendering and things. Well, now let's take—it's time to take another piece of that, which is to bring you guys into that advisory council, and sort of say, look, we see all of these types of problems that are kind of common to these sets of customers so maybe you know this is part of that putting you guys into that trusted advisor which is a term that we use uh, a lot at adobe as michael had mentioned before it's like how do we bring you guys into that to give the perspective of your clients and you're representing them at the table for when we're mm-hmm. talking about new technologies like speech to text, which we're gonna be rolling out late, later this year. It's in beta and the transcription stuff is amazing. You know, It's gonna have lots of languages and it's gonna be really flexible. And, and it's a whole new workflow that you're just now starting to see and the latest release of Premiere Pro 15. Um, well, you guys getting in on the early discussions around those technologies and where we're headed with cloud edit and other things, um, put you in a little bit of that driver's seat where you get to represent the customer. So Michael, I thought that was worth sort of mentioning Mm -hmm. uh, some of the advisory part of this, because it is a lot of responsibility Uh, for you guys as well to kind of speak up and for us to sort of take what you say seriously and bring that into engineering and say, look, Chessa's saying that, you know, this could be an issue for this this type of customer that requires 708 uh, quality control and, and some other things that are going on, for example, like in captions. And we all know this technology never stays static. It is always changing. Yes, it's always changing. I got one for you, Dave. Yeah.
0: Can we open a panel? without opening a project this is a big uh, this is a big use case for a lot of our customers who have uh, a mam and the the, the mam has a panel for a premiere yeah. There's, there's this concept of, of of managing the project and its sort of life cycle, yeah. the project itself, the project file. And we often find that there's some confusion because we can't open the panel to open the project. We have to open a project first, then open the panel. And then there's this disconnect between the project we have open and the project that's in the panel.
2: Yeah. Well, we we yeah. should talk about, about panel, right? Because first of all, and this is, uh, again, discussions that Michael and I got pretty early in uh, for putting some of this together. Um, So a panel for those that don't know, um, and again, any resizable window and in our applications, especially on the pro video side and pro audio side, as you resize things, each one of those squares, those work areas are called panels and the things that that you highlight. So we give the ability through our software development kit and what's known as APIs for a direct connection to something. Could be Frame IO, could be a a man vendor, could be, we have like 300 of them available and you can get them up on the extension store. Many of them, by the way, uh, are free. pretty amazing, but this integration to make it look like we wrote it and it's a direct connection into this thing. So one of the, by the way, just since you mentioned it, another reason you guys were selected is the ability to go in and do some custom panel work, right? Right. right. So it's it's really important for people to know that, hey, if I have this nam and I need to have these extra things done to it or this process, who can I get to write that for me? So one of the criteria is uh, for this program is to say, look, you need to have an understanding of how the HTML5 panels put together. We've got partners for you to work with uh, that could possibly uh, help you put some of this together and navigate that for the customer. But I do think you you raise a very good point, which is you raising your hand, to engineering, um, our, we'll just call out our buddy uh, Bruce Bullis that puts a lot of this together in engineering on the panel side, and say, you know, hey Bruce, what what would it take for us to be able to open up a panel uh, outside of Premiere, mm. kind of like what we do in productions today, mm-hmm. so productions being our locked bin workflow where the productions panel more or less opens up first before a yeah. project opens up, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I I think that's a valid question and that's an example of where you have a seat at the table where you're like, wow, this, this would really be great if we could hide all the complexities of a project, whether it's blank or not, it's still a lot of real estate, and just show me a panel.
0: Right, show me a panel window and let me select a project from that panel and open it. Um, and and-
2: uh, By the way, I think you're the first to ever ask, ask for that, but it totally makes sense to me, Michael. And now you have any thoughts on that?
3: There is a way to doing this. Um, and there. Th- th- actually, I heard this challenge before. And the reason is, as you just described, this a, is a very common workflow. You want to start with a filled project. And as I also described, uh, we can't fill a project without a panel and a project. On the integration side, there are ways where you can open up a project which is not yet filled, uh, or you can use uh, an instance of Premiere Pro to fill the project. Or what is also possible, what you can do is you can open up a project and automatically fill in yeah. uh, objects. So there's different ways of, of, of doing this. To add what... Uh, Dave just said is, for me, and that is a challenge that I'm not tackling right now, but my dream, so if I can dream the program in five years, I want you guys to be a community. I want you guys to interact with each other, even if you may be competing in projects. I want you to build up your own exchange. I want you to share codes. I want you to make sure that the knowledge with each single has, all the group has. That is not easy to do because knowledge is often uh, a USP. But at the same time, together we are stronger. It's, it's, it's kind of cheesy to say, but I'm a strong believer in, in, in teams. And so I actively working in that there, that there is a common understanding of mm-hmm. these are the specialities of the different service partners that we have because they're all different. And number one and number two is that is where they can support each other.
2: To the knights at the round table more than you are Game of Thrones.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it might, it might help if we talk a little bit about a lot of changes that we've seen over the past year. Where where you guys have come in and together, one I'll throw out there was like a technology called LucidLink. And then we kind of got in and we were working with them, small group, and they're talking about, you know, media and entertainment. And we kind of taught them a lot about that. But that's just an example of like, we, we both saw this new technology together because I remember talking mm-hmm. to Scott and some of the other guys out at that company like, oh yeah, Chessa's picking up on this. I'm like, yeah, they're right in my backyard. I presented this to Michael and sort of the rest of the worldwide team and said, this technology is is amazing. That was just one example over COVID, how we all kind of came together and we stumbled. This wouldn't have been, we we certainly could have saved time had we brought this up at the round table, right? Where where everybody kind of comes together and says, hey, there is this new new technology company that we've discovered that has this really easy and inexpensive connected uh, cloud NAS. That really sings mm-hmm. with Adobe software, and then we would tell you guys, which of course we did, "Hey, we're working with them to optimize this, that, and the other thing," um, and that's just just one example. I'm sure we've got you know a dozen other ones that are out there this year, but that 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 to me was very top of mind, um, in particular to let a Mac mm-hmm. user stay Mac right? Because yeah. a lot of these solutions put the Mac user with a PC on the other end, which turns your Mac into a dumb terminal. And I'm multi-platform. I not it doesn't really bother me how the customer wants to edit. I just want to make sure they're editing mm-hmm. and creating the way they want to. And if you tend to gravitate towards one platform or another, Adobe is going to do their best to support you as best we can. And uh, this was one technology that that really came together quick. So again, I just use that one.
0: Yeah. I want to back up just for a second and mm-hmm. explain what LucidLink is for our listeners a little bit. If you haven't heard of it, it is a technology that enables you to um, sort of work with a file system uh, or, or or, I should say it, it enables you to um, work with cloud storage as if it were a file system in a sense. And it sounds a little scary because file systems can have lots of data on them and we don't necessarily want to be like, you know, mounting a file system across the internet and giving you access to all of the content and everything. But Uh, We want to present it as if you do have access to all that content we just don't want to be pulling it all down all the time because that that costs a lot of money just to dive into the t- really quick into the technology it, it kind of works a, a little bit like a metadata controller sort of file it works a little bit like something like quantum store next or something like that where where the where, where the blocks are being stored in the in the cloud there is a metadata when I, when I say metadata I mean file system metadata my metadata about the files themselves and um, our most senior engineer actually was really impressed with the solution which is which is pretty pretty fantastic
2: we've got it working with productions by the way which is where i mean we've got some major films being done on lucid link uh,
0: yeah it's really a neat technology and the
2: other part of that just to pull it back into the service provider side um is we started working with man vendors and mm-hmm. saying you really need to, to look at this and we've got emam and Uh, companies like IPV and other others are looking at this cat DV has got things going on and it's just going to become kind of a a normal thing
1: we've got an upcoming episode scheduled talking to those fine folks so we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive there and Dave if you've got any um, tips and tricks that you guys have already dug into I'm sure folks at Chessa who are already starting to spec stuff and do it we would love to talk
2: yeah absolutely yeah And, and again it goes back to some of the program that Michael put together which is and again Mm-hmm. and she's lucid as an example i'm where i'm working on on a, a particular uh Project or production, some of the files are twenty gigabytes. You know what does that mean for my for my cache size and and how is that going to affect my Lucid? Uh-huh. I mean, how do I? And for us, you know, we want a delightful. As corny as that might sound, a great experience for the customer. You know, nobody wants a lag, ki- kind of here or there. And you might get a little lag. You know, I, and I think there there's other technologies out there and things that I'm working on. Uh, Behind the scenes now, I've been playing around with some SRT technology Mm -hmm. that is going to allow people to send the program monitor over to Mm -hmm. your LG TV or your iPhone, and it'll support, you know, 10-bit on an iPhone 12, so you can preview HDR. So it's like, oh, well, you got to kind of know the latest, you know, iPhone technology and what is SRT versus NDI, which we're all huge fans of. Collaboration is a a huge hole. I think we can all agree on that right now. You know, and they would rely on you guys to come in and say, "Well, here are some of the collaboration tools we've got. Awesome tools uh, like Frame.io, and you know, all all a part of what what makes up this program to give the customer, as Michael said, the, the best possible experience that they can get. And again, we know that when the experience is good with our software, then you, they don't question <laughs> that next renewal or that monthly charge, right? You've got to do sure. what you can do. Yeah, I was uh, to make um, it as best as it can be. So. Absolutely. Going
1: through the training, I was surprised to dig deeper into a lot of the cloud integration stuff that you guys have done in the back end with shared libraries, obviously team projects and productions. Those are some of the things that I've seen, like glancing blows to my consciousness, you know, passing by as they got released, but actually having the time to dig deeply into some of the new Possibilities and kind of the um, connected experience that you guys are really working towards. There's another uh, term that brought to light via the training: the of content velocity, right? We're we're living in a time where you know it's kind of the golden age of media that we're we're seeing in making so many awesome new things that everybody wants to be making better things faster and more importantly, people don't want to spend the time doing mind-numbing tasks if we can bring to bear amazing technologies to help us get to the cool creative stuff a little bit faster. And it seems like you guys are really, really dedicating yourselves to uh, furthering the art without really taking the creative out of it and so kudos for that and i'm looking forward to even greater toys to play with yeah
0: definitely
2: we're trying to use uh ai to to be a creative assistant for you, which is, how, so we're not going to say, let's yeah. create for you. Let's use it to give you some options. You're still yeah. in the driver's seat, but there's a lot of things you don't want to spend time doing, or you just, you know, you either can't bill for it. The client's not going to pay for it. How, how can we use uh, any sort of automation with uh, with AI? And you've, you've seen some of the tricks we've been able to do with Roto brush 2 and after effects to separate things out and separate action uh, and just more and more, Things like that will be coming to be those creative assistants for you. I mean, anything to add to that, Michael? Uh,
3: yeah, there's not a single week where I don't get reached out about how can I automate my video production, and that's coming from brands and from broadcasts or from anyone. I, I you know, I want my logo to be automated like this, and I want to, you know, I need fifteen <laughs> different versions now. Mm. But um, I just heard I need to produce this fifteen different versions with twenty different language versions. So I just at a multiplicator by 20. And that was just happening last week with uh, the European Soccer League, um, or as I call it, the Football League, the Real Football <laughs> right. League, just to be German. For uh, but th- that is something, you know, which is uh, um, excites us, but also shows um, automation is nothing that is easy to build out of the box. And we can promise you, we know it's not easy. Yes. Uh, we spent a very long development cycle on auto-reframe, which is automation of very, very boring task, which is reframing and cropping pictures for uh, social video. The thing we're doing is is, is really about creativity for all. Mm-hmm. It's a phrase, but I do believe in this. Um, creativity for all is a lot of enablement, and it's a lot of accessibility, and it's also something about democratizing access to to ability. And we see tons of use cases where, where um, there is a gap between what we someone expected the user can do and the user by itself thinks they can do, plus how they be able to use the right templates and the company CI and this kind of thing. And that is another big opportunity where we want you guys to actually step in is you can change the whole user experience you can adapt Premiere Pro, you can pull buttons out, you can build a panel that is doing something, you can build a fitting user experience for a video journalist that only needs to do very fast cuts and maybe a lower third and that's it. You, you, you will deliver this thing and I'm excited about it because I'm looking yep. forward to see the, the, the examples from the users. Mm-hmm.
2: Which is, by the way, not easy, you know? No. Um, Interface design, I've always admired companies like Atomos and companies like that that put this very yep. simple UI on a touch screen, because we've all seen touch touch screens, which are just awful. That involves your everyday, I would think. I yep. mean, you have to sort of how do we simplify what's going on with this ma'am? And that's what a panel will do is to give me the big buttons For sure, that yeah. I can push to mm-hmm. make things happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that usually that usually depends on having some sort of a of a hub. Or orchestration layer, something you know, something in the environment that's driving all of that, right? That's yeah. kind of what we're in the business of doing here at Chessa.
1: A couple of things came to mind, you know, especially having gone through the back end training of this and understanding now things like if you have an enterprise account or uh, the Creative Cloud for Teams account, that we can do things like create specific deployment packages mm-hmm. that might also include a CEP panel and maybe even some preference settings that make it easier. In that, like if we did want to roll out something that was maybe specific to journalists where it had uh, an easier setup for them that they would just install, we can do that. I didn't know that a month ago, but I do now.
0: Thanks again for listening. The Workflow Show is a production of Chesapeake Systems and More Banana Productions. Original music is created and produced by Ben Kilberg. Please subscribe to The Workflow Show and shout out to us at workflowshow at com or at workflowshow on Twitter
2: we